Hello and welcome to PlayStation Unchained Christmas Edition! Anyway, yeah, for that. Hey, Gary, how are you doing? Oh, hey, Benjamin. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Yes, I use your full name. I know, I must be in trouble. <laughs> nope. When I use the full name, you're being rewarded. Yay! <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there. How about yourself? I'm not bad, thank you. Good to hear. How is uh, the life of Erosia working out for you? It's going well. I'm enjoying everything in Fantasy 40. I'm waiting for the new patch, so I can't wait. I, I, want, I want more content, damn it. So you've pretty much done everything that the game has to offer? From the current patch, yeah. I just got to wait for the new stuff. No, 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 you've done everything that the game has to offer. Not everything, I don't think. But all the stuff that I enjoy doing, yeah. Oh, okay. As long as you enjoy it. I'm happy for you, Ben. Thank you. Uh, but there is the Christmas <laughs> event going on right now, and I still need to do that before it goes away. Do so, it. You get a cute little barding, it... and you play like a little mini-game. Because um, then the New Year's event starts right after, right? Yep. You only have four days left. Well, I th yeah, I can't. Oh. I wonder what the New Year event's going to be. It's normally a very simple. The New Year's event's always really simple, though. And it gives, like, a hat based on the Chinese New Year. So. Does a hat change every Chinese New Year? Yeah, every year. In real life, it changes? You mean in game? Oh, in game. Okay. Yeah. So it's a new hat. Every year for the Chinese New Year. Yeah. Right, That's no, funny I... to me because, you know, Japan and China not on the best of terms, but yeah, they, mm. they do a Chinese event for them. It's actually kind of nice. Yes. Last year, I think, was like the year of the... Oh, I can't remember what it was. Let me have a look. No, that's 2015, was... but yeah, every year they do like... was... Wasn't it the pig? The year of the pig? Yeah, you got little pig hats. Nice. So, that's pretty cool yeah the heaven's drum event uh, yeah we got little pigs yeah the worst one was the year of the horse that looked creepy <laughs> it's a horse dude they're deceptively large creatures and we've got Alfonso hey Alfonso <laughs> hello <that>? hello <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't cut segue to Tim with horses because he'd get excited if we had him. Oh my god. I, I think you're talking about Chris, but... <laughs> no, I wouldn't be able to segue at all to him. All you'd hear is... <laughs> oh my god. I can't. Uh, Hi, I... Alfonso. We derailed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Uh, how, how are you are doing? You guys? I'm good, actually disappointed with this Xbox controller that Shannon bought me, but I'm good. <laughs> uh, well, I hope he should, she, no, he's very happy with his Christmas present. Very happy. I'm happy with my Christmas present besides the controller. <laughs> wow. Just send it my way. I I'll would, but would you really take a controller that has my name on it? The matter uh, I guess you would. Yeah, I'll you take would. It well, I don't know why. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Alfonso, hell yeah, I would. <laughs> of course.
course he would. If you can put a picture of your face on it, too, I'll take it even faster. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, so it's the end of a decade. 2010 is over. So... I guess we should say what games we thought were some of the best games of 2010. Of this, 2010? Or of this decade, yeah, 2010 to 2019. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember what games came out in 2010, Ben. Don't worry, I googled <laughs> before this show so I can remember what games came out this decade. <laughs> and some of them I'm going to vote for will be surprising because I don't like them. But <laughs> Wait, so, We're voting for them or are we just going to... Well, give Talk what you feel like is your top. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, who wants to go first with their top five? One of the, Alfonso know. wants to go first. By the way, I'm going to say that we won't do these in order of how we like them, just in what we feel like. I mean, top five, number five will be the same, in my opinion, as number one. It's just that these are the five games we feel like imp- imp- yeah, impacted things most. Okay, so we, are we going from five to one, or just no? Uh, you're just naming five games. It doesn't matter what order. Doesn't matter what order, really. Okay, so I I'm gonna start off with season one, Walking Dead, just because um, I won this from y'all when y'all had the when it was back as Darrell, and I feel it's because of that game started this whole the click and base, click and point turn series of future games from Telltale and other games that implemented that function for games and I feel it's the most like it's the best out of the whole Walking Dead series. I love all of them but one was the most impactful one for me because I, I felt more surprised of how each episode ended and it just made me more anticipated for the next episode to come. I didn't really get that with the other three seasons. So yeah. Season one walking dead. It was a good season. It was. Yeah, that's I agree the, with that. I think that's it was the, only one it was the best one. Yeah, it was the best one and obviously that ending was heart wrenching. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. Like it took me a while to buy it and get into it. I think I bought it like two years after it came out. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Same, to be honest, I think it was a fun game. Anyone else? Anything else? To add to that game? Yeah. No, I'm, I didn't. No, not for me. Okay, Gary, you want to go next? Sure. Um, I may as well just hit it out of the park right now. The Last of Us, um, to me, is the greatest video game ever made, actually. <laughs> um, for me, that game changed the industry, in my opinion. It revolutionized um, storytelling and how a game's story is presented. Even if you go back now and and play that game like it's still animation wise is an achievement 
like none other in my opinion. Um, the story was phenomenal. It was heartbreaking. It was – there's so many moments in that game where you just kind of felt – you felt like they were giving you the most realistic storyline of how people will act in those situations, especially at the end. Um with the decision that Joel makes at the end, you're like, I would probably make the same decision, you know? Um, and obviously in the beginning of the game, what happened there, uh, it all kind of comes full, full circle in that game. But, you know, the, the enemies were incredibly fun to fight. Uh, you had obviously the, the, the humans that survived the apocalypse, they're there, but then you had, you know, the, 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 the monsters, the, the, well, what, what's the disease called? Yeah, I don't remember what the disease is called. But anyways, those guys are like they made them so perfectly designed where they will kill you in one hit. Like if they grab you, you're pretty much dead. So they made them as realistically bad as you can be. Like it's kind of like when you play a Resident Evil and it's like, okay, if a zombie bites me, I should be infected and turn into one of them eventually. Obviously that doesn't happen in Resident Evil, but in this game, they pretty much kill you if they grab you. So they 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 made it very unique and very challenging that way, but still, you're still able to get through it. Um. But yeah, The Last of Us to me is is easily the best game ever made, and in my opinion, the best game of the decade as well. I agree, and I, I noticed that that a lot of people are voting for that for the decade, the game of the decade. Because I agree with everything you said. At first, um, I didn't really, I wasn't on the bandwagon for it at first because I don't, I don't play those type of games. But hearing reviews, watching videos of it from other people, I, you know, I got into it, and then I, I just fall in love with it and then it's naughty dog and the way they tell the story it just makes you feel like you're in the game itself just just side note naughty dog is my developer for this decade because their storytelling is just phenomenal but yeah last of us is one of the best and i have to agree it 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 goes down as the best game of this decade it is truly a remarkable game and like you also said, the development-wise, this The Last of Us was made by the B team over there. Yeah. The, the A team was working on Uncharted 3, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. So this is the B team that created this game. And obviously now the B team is the A team because a lot of people left that worked on Uncharted, like Amy, Amy Henning and a lot yeah. of the key, the key members of that team. Uh, so yeah, obviously they, they left that studio in phenomenal hands. Yep, as we saw, even with Uncharted Four, which a lot of people will say is not their favorite, but it's still one of the best games of the decade as well. Uncharted Four is, <laughs> so yep. Yep. it may not be the best in the franchise, but it's still a phenomenal game. Um, but yeah, Last of Us for me easily is up there. What about uh, you, Ben? You had you you have some negative thoughts on The Last of Us? I. Just couldn't. I just couldn't play it. Nothing clicked for me with the gameplay loop. I just didn't enjoy it. I tried a couple of times, and I'll probably buy number two and never play it. But 
Yeah. <laughs> Something about the game I just don't like. But I would still, Man, I, I I'd be happy that. to give it game, yeah, game of the decade because it deserves it. It's just not a game that I'd enjoy. Um, I think one of my my first vote is going to be Journey. Really? Yeah, I love the art design of Journey. I enjoyed the kind of co-op aspect where you played with someone else, but you couldn't communicate. You could only communicate by and other sounds. And trying to go through the whole game, it was just a a beautiful, fun game to play. It was not too long as well, which was nice. So, yeah, I, I, I think I, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Journey, especially with the soundtrack. It was beautiful. The whole game was stunning. Yeah, that's a very unique choice. I'm glad you made that choice. The game was very unique. It was very gorgeous. Like you said, the music was phenomenal. Um, my only concern with that game was was I had no idea what the hell I was supposed to do for pretty much the entire time I played that game. <laughs> agree. Totally agree on that. <laughs> but once you did figure it out, it, it definitely gave you a journey, like it says in the title. So Nice. And also, I like to pat myself on the back every time as well for it. Yeah, because you you were in the beta team for it, right? Or the yeah. alpha? Alpha you got team. To test it. Yeah. Yeah. And the alpha version, you... um, they would it, the whole game was going to be motion controlled only. They only had motion controls in the alpha, and they said that that was what the release was going to be, and everyone bitched about it. So. Rightfully so. <laughs> So I imagine the darkest timeline where you had to play Journey, but with only with six axis controls. <laughs> Everyone oh, is welcome. Thanks, Ben. We owe you a debt. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess back to Alfonso then, huh? We just mentioned this, but Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. I know. It's not the best in the series. We all know that goes to Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. But the reason why I love Uncharted 4 so much, we mentioned it just now, Naughty Dog and their storytelling. We finally get a little more backstory. We got backstory from Nathan in Uncharted 3 when he met Sully, but we got even more backstory with him and his brother. And just seeing the story between them and how they came up to to be where they are now, it it I I cried I cried with this one because it's the last of his story, and it ended with him on a high note. Okay, there's nothing else for him to chase after. He finally got the life that he wanted with you know him being married and now having a child. Well, we see from the cutscene. Um, I I choose it like I said. I feel it was the more developed story out of the other three, and this will go down as for me the best in chart in terms of story wise. Gameplay wise, um, two is better, but story wise, four will always be the best one for me. So yeah, Uncharted four, and I'm happy at the time. That they, they, that's why I love Naughty Dog when it comes to games because when we know they're about to release a game, 
and they know it's not ready, they always delay it because they know when they're about to re-release it, it's going to be better. And I'm glad they took the time to delay Uncharted 4 to make the major improvements they need to make to then re-release it because it just made it so much better. So I thank them for that. So yeah, Uncharted 4. Good good choice. I thoroughly enjoyed Uncharted 4. I, I really did. Um, I think I think the only thing that I felt disappointed in with Uncharted 4, and it's mostly my fault because I was expecting it, is there was no supernatural element involved this time, whereas in the yeah. last three, there was one. So I was yeah. like, hell yeah, I'm going to fight zombie pirates. This is going to be great. And, you know, it never happened. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of an expectation I was waiting for, but it didn't happen, which in a way is also just fine because, you know, you have supernatural elements, but then nobody really knows that these supernatural elements exist in in this world. So they kind of just... But in the end, even though it would have been nice, but what what we've seen from a chart in terms of the the crazy stuff that he goes through, you didn't mm-hmm. need it. You didn't really need it. No, you didn't. I don't think you needed it in the other ones either, but it was there. That's why I was kind yeah. of expecting it to be there. Yeah. Um, I also didn't think that including Nathan Drake's brother was something they needed to do just because it's just some random thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. Like at no point in any of the other games do, do you know he has a brother and then just magically he has a brother in this last one that everybody knew about because they that's how they talked in that one. It's like, oh, he's back. And it's like, oh, how did he come back? It's like, what the hell? You never mentioned your brother in five games. In four games, sorry. Yeah, I'm including the Vita version as well. Yeah. But all of a sudden, here he is. But... No, other than that, I, I loved it. Amazing animations, amazing story, amazing freaking voiceovers, as always. Mm-hmm. I love Sully. I wish Sully was there all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. So, no, I, I still think that Uncharted 4 is... I, I, I honestly think that entire franchise is one of the best franchises of the decade. Easily. Even though two was from a previous decade. <laughs> yeah. Well, one and two, yeah, obviously, but. Yeah, but yeah, I get what you say. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I should say, to me, at this point in time, with all the franchises that Sony has, I think Uncharted is my favorite franchise that they have. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Anything to add on Uncharted 4, Ben? Uh, no, it was probably one of my mod- more disappointing Uncharted's. Just for the same reason you mentioned, I wasn't a fan of the brother storyline. And I wanted some supernatural things at the end, but it, overall I did enjoy it. And I must admit, unlike a lot of people, I did enjoy the ending. So, I think it was a perfect ending because they wanted to move away from Drake. Because if they didn't do this ending then people would expect this another game. Yeah. I was this way, yeah. if they do another game, it can be with different characters. It doesn't have to be with... I mean, why have we been so... I think we can spoil it. It's been so long since it came out. Yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, if they do it again, they was definitely gonna probably have um, his daughter as the playable character. Yeah, if they want to go that far into the future, I personally think they, if there is another one, it should be with Sully and his brother, Drake's brother. That should be the duo now. But then you're just replacing Drake with oh, yeah, someone right. who's just like him. Yeah. <laughs> you're placing Drake with another Drake. Yeah, I, I always Drake, thought... So I had brought Drake for your Drakes. I always thought they should have brought back uh, the English guy from 2, was it? Or 3? 2, yeah, 2. Uh, what was his name? Charlie Brooker, I think, if I'm right. Yeah, Charlie, yeah, Charlie. Yeah, I love that character. They should have brought him back. I th- I honestly thought the, the spinoff that they did, The Lost Legacy, was going to be with him and Chloe, but... Obviously, they wanted to go. Which would have made more off. sense. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but it is what it is. If, I think at this point, if there is a future Uncharted, it's going to be with with Chloe. So she's going. Which I'm okay with because she she did pretty well with Legacy. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I feel like it's going to be a lot later. I feel it's going to be a while before we see another Uncharted game, so I feel like if they do it, it's going to probably be the door. I'm going to guess we've got several years until another Uncharted game comes out. I don't know what they're going to do yet next, but they often, they often I find they do a new IP per generation, so... Yeah, I mean, after Last of Us 2, it'll be interesting to see where Naughty Dog goes after that game. What's their next game? I hope they get to the more cartoony side. I know they went from cartoony to realism because they wanted to do something more difficult and something that was different. And now that they've done a few games with realism, I want them to go back to like the Jack and Daxter style. Mm. I don't want a new Jack and Daxter. Screw that. Well, yeah, I'll take it. But... You know, something more like that, I would like. <laughs> I, I think the problem with Jack and Daxter is the first game is really the only one people care about. Because the second and third one went dark, very dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it did. So I think I think when it comes to their platformers, I think Ratchet and Clank is more where Sony wants their platformers to be. And now that Insomniac is part of the Sony family, they can easily have them work on that. Uh, which is a shame because I feel like for me I prefer Jack 2 yeah I prefer Jack 2 out of all of them Jack 3 went a bit too far with the whole guns and it was basically GTA (laughs) it was basically GTA they were transitioning they were (laughs) And you know what? I'm going to go with a nice, easy choice. Uh, who's next, by the way? Is it me? Or is it Gary? Oh, you can go. I'll go after you. Oh, you That's go next, Gary. I forgot where we were. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Um, well, I'm going to go with a little older game. I'm going to go with what I consider to be the greatest pure action game of all time. I'm going to go with Max Payne 3. Oh, good choice. Yes. Yeah, Max Payne 3. Oh, man. Here is a game, the first Max Payne game not made by Remedy Studios. When when it was first announced that Remedy wasn't making Max Payne, I was like, oh, God, don't do this to me. 
But then again, it was still Rockstar. So I was like, okay, Rockstar, I still have faith. And then, you know, it was on the Game Informer cover. It was, everybody was talking, oh, look, it's an older Max Payne. He's like, he's got a beer gut and everything now. He's been through some shit. I was like, yeah, he must have played the last two games. He's been through a lot of shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but then like the game just went dark for like three years after that Game Informer reveal. And then we find out it switched studios, switched directors, a lot of changes went down, and finally it gets re-revealed. And it was just as awesome. And, you know, it finally came out, and I was blown away. Like, completely and utterly blown away by Max Payne 3. Um, I honestly consider it, in a way, to be better than Max Payne 1 and 2. Uh, just because of its story. And yeah, its story is not revolutionary in any way. It's a story we've seen multiple times in multiple different games, but it's the presentation of that story that was so, so well done. Um, And we got to go back in time to younger Max Payne uh, during some flashback moments. It was great. But... You know, it's everything that it mixed together. The amazing soundtrack that they had. The moment when, uh, towards the end of the game, when you're in the airport and the, the song plays in the airport. Um, so well done. And obviously the voice acting and his random monologues that he has are just so well done. Like, they, they brought the spirit of Max Payne back in that game. And... I I hope to this day we still get a new a new Max Payne or hell even a remake or a remaster of one and two maybe I'll take them because in my opinion Max Payne is the best pure action franchise there is uh, it brought bullet time to video games that was introduced in the Matrix and it made it work yep. probably it still works to this day better than any bullet time I've seen in any other game yep uh, this is from the first one even. Uh, and it brought it back here, and it was awesome. And yeah, like I can't praise Max Payne three enough. Even the multiplayer was a blast to play. Like everybody said, like how are they going to do bullet time in the multiplayer? And they found a way to do it. <laughs> it worked. The bullet time in multiplayer only worked for the person that you're targeting. It was cool. So like people will be running around, and if you activate bullet time, you go in slow motion, and the person that you're targeting. It's kind of in slow motion, but everybody else is still moving in real time. Uh, it sounds weird and it sounds broken, but somehow it worked, and it worked very well. I had a blast with Max Payne 3's multiplayer, but obviously the, the single player is where it's been. And even though, unfortunately, I can still play it on my PS3, I kind of don't want to hook it up to play it. Uh, I do have it on PC, and I actually go back and play it occasionally. I hope that Max Payne 3 comes to PS now very soon as well, so I can go back and replay it there. But, yeah, good old Max. Good old pill-popping Max over there. (laughs) Love that character. Love that franchise. And I hope Rockstar realizes that that franchise still has a lot of life in it. Yeah, they need to realize that Yes, you make money from Red Dead and, and Grand Theft, but <laughs> Max Payne could do it for you as well. Like, stop being stitchy and just give us what we want. <laughs> no, you're going to get one game per generation and you'll like it. Hey, 
it was working for them. Grand Theft Auto Five is still in the top three bestsellers yeah. of the month every goddamn month. I'm like, how right. do people it's not have uh, the whole crazy. world must have this game at this point? I don't understand how this is happening. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't understand it. I still need to buy it one day. I am the only yeah, person that doesn't own it. <laughs> it's insane. It's still selling like that. Top three every freaking month. And it's almost, what, six years old now? More yeah. than that. More than that, yeah. Because it came out on the PS3. 2013. <laughs> Jeez, look at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I uh, guess... Anything... Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Max Payne 3 was a good game. I couldn't play it much, though, because the... a lot of the art stuff was giving me headaches. Mm-hmm. Uh but what I did play, I did enjoy. I think I have it somewhere still in the box. You should play it. <laughs> it's the only collector's edition that I regret not buying when it came out. Because even when it actually came to release, I was still so hesitant about it. Because it wasn't Remedy. Yeah. You know? And I just didn't know if this new Rockstar Studio, I think it was like from Canada, I think it was, were good enough to make a Max Payne the way Rocksteady, because Rocksteady have, or Rocksteady, Remedy, sorry, because Remedy have their own, this unique style of Max Payne that they told, you know, through comic scripts and the noir style and like his random ass monologue. Is that all going to be there or is it going to be like an actual story where he doesn't have any of his quirks that he has, but no, they, they fucking held it. Uh, I guess I have to be the scrub that votes for Skyrim. Get out. Get out right now. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the game, but you've got to accept how much it affected the, the whole generation of video games. And although it's nowhere good as Oblivion, I feel like it's probably going to be the best city as best best RPG when it comes to Elder Scrolls. Because I, I really feel like the next one's just going to flop even more than Skyrim did. <laughs> it was a lot more casual than previous games, which allowed people to get more into it easier. It had some decent side stories. It was a pretty big game, considering it had the, you, know, you can tell how much it sold. I hate the game myself, but at the same time, I can understand how much it's changed the whole RPG aspect and it made RPGs even more popular which will help with all the other games so yeah, yeah un- unfortunately I probably hate Skyrim more than you do Ben Yeah, but I have to agree with you <laughs> I second it, that it, it definitely changed a lot uh, for not only the genre but for the industry obviously yeah. it proved that you can release uh 70% finished game and still have it sell millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, it, it definitely changed a lot. Of and you can see a lot of studios follow Skyrim's suit now. Um, and the fact that you can release the game on the PS4, you can release it on PSVR, you can release it on Switch, and it still sells like hotcakes. This should tell you something. So, I agree with you on that point. It is a very 
very it's impactful. Yeah. Very Me impactful. too. I hated it, but I, I can understand why people enjoy it. So yeah, that's my, 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 I feel sick. Ne next person, why I go vomit. <laughs> my, <laughs> my next choice, God of War 3. Yes, I know, we had a reboot, but I'm, I'm going to explain why I choose God of War 3 over the reboot. One, I choose God of War 3 because this is the game that let me one your guys top 64 ps3 games of the year so that's a special place in my heart but second reason i mean it was the end of this trilogy during that time we didn't know if they was going we was going to get another god of war even though they kind of hinted at it based off the ending of the cutscene. but um obviously the graphics was better because it was on next gen at the time ps3 um it's him finally ending his story, which we was happy for. I was happy for because I was getting tired of these guys and how they think they, oh, they could just run shit and they could do this without any consequences and people were supposed to praise them and all that. And I was getting tired and I'm glad that Kratos said enough of this shit. I'm going to kill all y'all and end this. Um, I didn't like that he, you know, okay, he had, he, he fulfilled his purpose. He killed them. Oh, he had no reason to live. He um, decides to commit suicide, which still confused because they don't really explain how he come back based on the reboot. But it's one of my best games for PlayStation 3. I still own my copy. I rebought it when they remastered it for the 4th. I play it time to time just because I I feel the the cut time sequence were more better than the ones in the reboot. But overall, yeah, God of War Three, just one of my favorites. Uh, anything to add, Ben? I, 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 as much as I love the reboot God of War, I think God of War Three is still my favorite. Uh, I like the, I like the, I, I like the violence more. <laughs> the over the top violence, I like it. Give me it. It was almost cartoony at points, in my opinion, and that's what I liked about it. So. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, God of War 3 was pretty big. Um, I personally think it's the weakest of the four, in my opinion. Uh, or the six, I should say, if you count the PSP ones. But yeah. Yeah. Um, two is my favorite, uh, personally, but it's not part of this decade. But no, three was... It was definitely something. You did get to finally take on the big bads. You got to take on Poseidon. You got to take on Hades and Zeus. These are the guys you've been hunting for five games, four games at the time before yeah. three came out. Yeah. Um, and it was still great. I mean, yes, it was over the top violent, like Ben said, <laughs> as it yeah, should be. It's, it yeah, it's yeah. freaking God of War. Um, I did like the the final fight against Zeus. 
uh, like a 2D fighting game. Yes. I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. Um, even at the end, when you get to control his rage and when you want to stop punching Zeus in the face, <laughs> yep. that was that was your control. You know how much do you, as a player, hate this character? You got to pretty much play that moment. Um, but yes, I I do agree. There are some parts in that game that I also feel are they kind of didn't resolve story wise. Um, but. Through and through, it was still a fun game. It really was. I did like how it ended. It pretty much ended with the world ending and essentially the Norse gods coming into being. Uh, we do find out Kratos survives at the end of the credits. Somehow, he has a two-foot hole in his body. I don't know how you survive that, but he's half-god. So. <laughs> he's half-god, so why not? <laughs> I don't know how the stitching to, to sew that back together went, but it must have hurt. Um, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if you've had some sort of healing factor. Maybe. Like, the, the only thing that bothers me about the new God of War, I think it leaves more questions about what happened in the past than what we knew at the end of 3. Like, mm-hmm. what yeah. happens to the gods that he didn't kill? Like, what no. happened to them? You oh, know? yeah, the minor gods have now become the major gods. Yeah, like, what happened to <laughs> Athena? Yeah, we spoilers in a way, I guess. It's been a while, but spoilers for the new God of War. We see her, but is she really there, or is she just a figment of his imagination? I thought she was dead. She's spirit form, remember? She was pissed off that he killed himself. But she survived. She just disappeared after he stabbed himself. But we know she's still in existence somehow. Wait, you say that. Like, it wasn't thought... resolved. Like, I she would... wasn't, like... I she was angry you. of what he did, but she it didn't look like she died. She just kind of she just felt disappointed in him and then she was off screen. I always thought the Athena scenes we saw in God of War Remaster was just his imagination sort of thing. Well yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So we don't know if like what really happened to her. Yeah. You know? Um so I yeah. just wanna add one more thing, and I forgot to mention this. God of War 3 was so big at the time when it was announcing it coming out in March 2010 that they put the demo on District 9 Blu-ray. So you had to buy the District 9 Blu-ray to play. So I had to watch this movie over again, this horrible movie over. And the the thing that pissed me off the most is that I couldn't skip the movie. I had to watch it straight for the demo to unlock at the end. That's how cool. District yeah. Nine was not a bad movie. Don't no, you Gary, ever... that was a that was a bad movie. I'm sorry, that was a oh bad God. movie. I'm sorry. I'm not coming to the wedding. <laughs> the wedding is canceled. I don't think you have to do that here. I don't remember buying it. Uh, I don't remember again having to buy District Nine for the demo. No, it was only on. I don't like. I said I don't know your. You know, country, but here in New York, it was exclusive only on Blu-ray, and you had to watch the whole movie straight to unlock the demo. I know there was an exclusive demo at E3 that you could grab. Uh. And this was like two months before it released, so that demo came out in that Blu-ray came out in in January. Because I know when March came, then they released the demo on the store a week before the release date of God of War Three. Hmm. 
Yeah. Gary, your choice. Sup? Oh, um, I am gonna go with Near Automata. Man, what a game that was. <laughs> um, I played the original Nier on the PS2, and I thought the story was amazing, but gameplay-wise, it needed auto. So when Nier Automata was announced, I was like, oh, you know, okay, people will be happy. It had a really good story. Hopefully this next game will have better gameplay. Then it was announced that Platinum Games was doing it, and then I was disappointed because... I wasn't a fan of Platinum Games. I still kind of not the biggest fan of them. I, I feel like they lack serious direction as a studio, um, which I mentioned last week on the podcast. Um, and I was never actually supposed to review the game. It fell into my lap because the person who was supposed to review it couldn't do it. So I was next in line. I played it. I finished it. I thought I was like, oh, it was okay. And I started it again. And I realized, well, shit, now the whole story is different. I'm playing through a different character's perspective. I was like, okay, this is getting better. I finished it a second time. Okay, I wrote the review after I finished it. And I went back and played it again. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to rewrite the review a second time now. So I rewrote it. Went back a third time. The game had completely changed now. Completely changed story continued for where it left off. It's like, what the hell is going on? And it was such an incredible journey just through, not just playing it, but having to rewrite the review three times and seeing how so, how how much I started to love that game. Because there are things that happen in that game that are so hard to describe in words, and in my opinion, you have to experience it in order to really understand it. Um, it really messed with you, and it really did a great job of pretty much showing you like what really is life. Like we as humans, you know, we bleed, we get sad, we get happy, um, we go through all these range of emotions. But robots, not really. They shouldn't. But then when you see them starting to experience emotions for the first time and not understanding what they're pretty much feeling, it really messes with you. Like There are parts in that game where you see a robot contemplating suicide because he doesn't understand his own existence. It's like people do that as humans, but seeing it a robot do it, it, it really messes with you that way and there's just so much in that game that's like that you know the characters start to feel emotions and how they deal with those emotions are told so well in the game um and it's this whole system of of mechanics that they have to to kind of explain these moments from you ben you particularly talked about one moment that you have where there is a romeo and juliet scene where the robots are trying to yeah, they're trying to recreate Romeo and Juliet, but how do you recreate Romeo and Juliet if you don't understand emotions? That whole story is very emotional, and there's them trying to recreate it when they don't really understand the emotions or what they're supposed to be. Um, you know, and, and overall, like, the music was incredible. The fighting, the combat was really good. The boss fights, incredible boss fights in that game. The fact that 
you play the game, there's some parts where you hack into a machine and you play like this top-down shooter, uh, like old-school retro shooter, and like the music degrades itself and sounds 8-bit when it happens. is really cool. Um, they essentially made two soundtracks to that game, one normal and 8-bit, and it was incredible. Um, but the things that they did in Nier Automata affected me personally. There are parts in that game where there's actually one part in particular where I had to make a decision for a character who pretty much asked you to either kill it because it didn't want to feel the pain of loss or make it forget its entire life so it can forget the pain of loss. And you had to make that decision. Like, do I erase its memories or do I kill it? Either way, it's a shitty decision that I didn't I mean... want to make. Aren't both of those two decisions the same? Yeah, but one decision, they live. See, that's the thing. Like, you kill no, them. But... No, this is what I'm talking about. It is okay. the same decision, but it's like, do would you kill somebody who has Alzheimer's yeah. when they're forgetting their entire life? Probably not. But that's kind of like how I took that decision. It's like, okay, I'm pretty much giving this robot Alzheimer's, which, in my opinion, is worse than dying you forget your entire life like i said but know? basically by doing this you've got a choice of either killing him or killing him him but not completely because by wiping out his entire memory is basically like you've killed the, that robot because he'll have to you'll be his new memories and his new experiences will evolve yeah will make him become a different person it's just because yeah, yeah. but 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 he'll get to live yeah. And maybe have a new life. So that's what I'm talking about. These are kind of emotions and decisions you see happening in the game. And it was that decision that I, where I had to kind of stop playing the game for a couple of days because I couldn't possibly make that decision. Like, it was just too hard for me, uh, personally, to, to make that kind of a decision on someone. Um, and here, it's because I, I freaking saw this character for, like, 30 hours now. You know, I grew to love this character. But, yeah, it's things like that that make, made that game so incredible and so unique and easily one of the best games of the generation. Easily. Or the decade, even. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I'll know what I'm going with easily. I mean, come on. I, I gave Skyrim so all the fanboys are enjoying that right now. But I'm going to have to go with my favourite game of the decade. And if I was given numbers, of course, this would be number one. It wouldn't be number three. Fantasy XIV. Okay. That is my game of the decade. It, with its constant updates, its expansions that made the game each better each time they get released. Because everyone admits that Realm Reborn wasn't that great. It was good, considering what they started with with 1.0. But you could tell that they were struggling to get it released on time and making it decent. But as they've given more time and effort over the years, they've definitely improved the game. And with everything from the quality of life achievements to just all the new content with every patch. Uh, yeah, there are some downsides. Um, but it's definitely probably up there with one of my best games of all time. Especially, definitely this game of the decade. Uh, Shadowbringers was 
probably one of the best storylines in an RPG I've played in forever. So I'm looking forward to seeing how far that works because we've got more coming up soon. I'm looking forward to where that goes. I really can't wait to see where the story goes next. Looks like we're fighting gods. <laughs> we're always fighting gods these days. Apparently. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, Ben, uh, how much you talk about that game, I understand why it would be your game of the decade. Um, I played it with you a lot. Uh, I loved every moment that I played with you. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I haven't played it in, in, what, two years now? Yeah, and you got a Christmas card, and I didn't curse you, Square Enix. Well, I got a digital <laughs> card, so thank you for that, but still. No, hey, it might still come. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. As I said, it might. they might just look at the post and realize maybe I don't want to post it to England. <laughs> Which is fair enough. The fact we got one, at least, was uh, was nice of them. Yeah. So, thank you, Square Wait, but yeah, no, I, I loved every moment that I played with you. And obviously, yeah. the game is evolving so much. Like you talked about the storyline. This is an MMO. Yeah. When was the last time an MMO had a story to the level that you described? Hell, I've, re- uh, I've watched my mate Glory Geist. Uh, he, he streams on Mixer now. Play through Shadowbringers for the first time. And I was close to tears again through the end cutscene. It just, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's amazing that they're able to yeah. do that with an MMO. Yeah. Um, yeah, to constantly support that game. Con- every month there's new content coming yeah. out. Um, whether it's a seasonal thing, whether it's a new expansion coming out. A big expansion, too. This yeah. is like going old school MMO, you know? It's not like, oh, here's some DLC, some new dungeon for $5. This is like a full-on 40 to $30 full-on expansion that gives you like 70 hours of stuff to do yeah you know it's old school mmo which is what it always should have been in my opinion um they know what they're doing this is a team that took a game that almost bankrupted the company for the second time i might add um and they gave it a second chance they said we have to make this game work. They could have just given up on it, which is what most studios would have done. They would have just given up. No, they were like, and okay, no. we got to do this, and they got it done. We got to do this, yeah. And not only did they get it done, they created easily one of the most profitable games for that company to this day. Um, and yeah, so they yeah, are reworking the the original expansion, the original Realm Reborn. By the way, um, they're hoping to get it released for five point three, which is the end of next year. Uh, but they're shortening down the original 2.0 quest so that it's not so long for people that want to get to the new expansions. Nice. So they basically they keep leaving like the main story stuff in, but anything that's major, anything that's filler will be cut out. So yeah. they're constantly updating that game. They're constantly yeah. listening to their fan base. The fact that they're putting in stuff from other Final Fantasy, they have Kefka now, which is awesome. Egg's death is in there. This is cool stuff. Siege you want to fight in, these characters. Siege Freeders in the Blue Mage side quests. Amazing. <laughs> like, people want this. Well, you know, we had the Cloud of Darkness. It's not him exactly, but it's, yeah, a reference to him. Yeah, like I said, this people want this. Like, how yeah. cool is that, that you get to fight Kefka? Oh, yeah. Which I know a lot of people don't really know Kefka. He's from the old Final Fantasy games. I know Kefka. He's my favorite Final Fantasy villain. Then if you're doing you Savage. For a lot of people. <laughs> If you're doing the hard difficulty, you get to fight God Kefka. Yeah, when he becomes the, that crazy angelic yeah. form, right? 
I That's remember awesome. the triads and... that he used to attack people. Yeah, the um, Zerva and Sophia and... Uh, who's the yeah, one I can't remember the name? But anyway, they're all fights in 14 as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just like the big fight. Like yeah. They threw Ultros in there yeah. as some random-ass small side quest. Not even a big thing. But he's there, and people love Ultros. Stupid-ass squid. He's awesome. <laughs> Final Fantasy VI as well. He appeared as you a... Know? Not this year, but I think last year's summer event. He was actually... He, he would randomly appear sometimes to perv on girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about yeah. stuff like that, and the fact that they're so dedicated to that fan base yeah. um, is just amazing. That that studio deserves so much than than what they're getting, in my opinion. Yeah, because the they... fact that they go in and they work on stuff off hours to oh, make yeah. it work, you know, like you told me about, Ben, it's incredible because they love it. They love not only the fan base; they love working on the game. That's how dedicated they are. They even play and... the game, though. That's the fun part about it. A lot of the companies don't have the people play it. But Yoshi P says how much he hates working sometimes because he wants to go back and do the new content. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I don't blame him. Like To yeah. constantly put out so much content every year is, is like every year there's a new expansion. Uh, every two every years. year they have to... Oh, every two years, sorry. Yeah. But still, you know, they have the near Automata raid, which yeah. is an ongoing raid. They have to make crossover content. They had Dragon Quest crossover content, Yokai Watch. Like, what's going to happen when they finally put Sephiroth into the game? People are going to lose their shit. That's everybody's well, we're getting, favorite. We're getting Ru- yeah. the weapons, so uh, next patch will yeah. have Ruby weapon. I'm sure by the time the remake comes out, we'll, we'll, they'll, yeah. they'll do something more. You know, I'm sure they're going to put a Sephiroth raid in the game. Like they did with Kefka. Yeah. And, everyone wanted you know, Sephiroth as part of the shit. Everyone wanted Sephiroth as part of the last raid tier. Because they had all different uh, bosses from Final Fantasy games. Because they had yeah. X-Death. They had the dra- the little dragon thing. I can't remember what the name was exactly. And then you had Doom Train, Kefka. Yeah, uh, the God Cloud it. of Darkness. Which Cloud of Darkness oh. is not really that huge. It's just... A- Giant cloud. When yeah. you said cloud of darkness is coming to Final Fantasy fourteen, I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> well, they found a way. And um, they even gave her a major plot point because she was like the 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 leader of the thirteenth shard. Mm-hmm. So, they, not only did they add her to the game, but she, they gave her a huge storyline which she kind of didn't before. <laughs> so. Yeah, and quite quite honestly, at this point, if Final Fantasy sixteen is in development, if it is a single player game in yeah. my opinion um yoshi p is the only one who should do that game well he's ahead of it he's already in charge of it he's in charge of final fantasy 16 well he's in charge of a new big project at square if it's final fantasy 16 then that is probably the <laughs> most deserving person to to do that game he also talked about the fact that if he wants so dedicated if he's also said the fact that if he wants some if he makes another fantasy game he wants to make it more old school with like crystals and stuff rather than machinery i'm fine with that so i really really am and it should happen he should be in charge of the next core final fantasy i know we probably won't see it until the the three or the remake is is fully finished yeah um but he should be the one doing it he deserved he earned that spot he earned to me he brought that company from the brink of extinction so 
Sorry, I went on a big tangent of Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> oh no! How dare you? <laughs> That's your job, not mine. Uh, <laughs> you should be doing that. But as someone who's been playing the game for what six years now, almost, almost six years, if not longer, because I played 1.0. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen it grow, and I've seen the community grow. I've seen everything about it grow, and I always enjoy going to America for FanFest to meet all the people that play the game. It's always fun. Woo, FanFest 2020! Yay! <laughs> Woo. Uh, maybe I'll see Gary there again. Maybe. Maybe. Depending on where it is. I'm really hoping <laughs> it's not somewhere stupid. But I'm looking at San Diego. And the flight to San Diego is stupid. Yeah. So hopefully it's not too expensive. Woo! Well, hopefully. No, no, if it's in San Diego, I can probably sleep on my friend's couch. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alf- Alphonse, I know you haven't really played 14, but anything you want to add to, to 14? And it's I'm great. just amazed on how much content that game constantly gets. And I, I agree with Ben that it should have won the award of game that constantly gets content. But um, yeah, everything you yeah, said, I, I agree with. And I, I play it time to time, not consistently like Ben. Ben, that I don't know when you sleep. When <laughs> I don't know if you even sleep when you play that game, but um, yeah, I, I usually play it when I don't have nothing to play, so I don't see the progression like Ben see it because he's constantly on it, but from what I do play, it, it's fascinating what they do for it, knowing how old this game is. So I, I commend them for the amount of work they put into it. I mean, how about this? We've got a patch in two days. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's no real content being added. It's just some fixes and some like, uh, some like they have a PvP seasons called the Feast, um, which lasts a few months, and then at the end of the month, the top PvP players in the Feast get rewards. Um, so they're starting the season of the Feast this week, and they're starting. They're just doing some bug fixes and unlocking stuff, but still, there is a patch on the twenty fourth, so which is patch five point one eight, barely legal patch. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I know a lot of people talk about World of Warcraft and how much content that game gets. It's like, oh, uh, how old is that game? And it's still getting you know expansion packs, but it's kind of different. World of Warcraft gets an expansion pack what every four or five years. Yeah, no, no, no. This I think is... it's that often. I think it's more than that now. Like every two years now. But still, like, there's nothing really going on no. between that time. Whereas these guys are giving you a lot of free stuff. Yeah, every three months you get at least a lot of free you stuff. You get dungeons every three months, raids every three months, trials, and then of course other things that, like they've announced a new type <laughs> of questing for fishers for the next patch. There's gonna be a whole new thing for fishers. Um, you can go on a boat with friends and then do like a the deadliest catch style thing where you'll try and catch as many fish as you can while on the boat and then if, if the whole group catches enough fish you get a bonus <laughs> that's awesome yeah so you're all going out on the boat together catch fish and then if you catch the biggest fish you get rewards see it's stuff like that <laughs> where who who like what other MMOs cared that much about some of the smaller stuff, like your jobs, like fishing and, uh, there, you know, 
buy them as being repurposed for gatherers where you can go around gathering rare materials to upgrade Ishgard. So that way you'll be able to turn in stuff to help crafters and help rebuild Ishgard because that's going on right now. Um, but what's kind of cool is that they're taking, I guess, I don't know where this sound, I think this is like Monster Hunter in a way, but there's there's monsters in Diadem, but you won't be able to attack them and they won't attack you. But as you do chains of gathering, you actually fill up a net and then you can use the net to capture the monsters and get rarer items. <laughs> so, yeah. Mid-February is the next patch, major patch. So, yeah, looking forward to it. A whole new raid, which will be four stages, three new trials, a dungeon, plus that fissure, plus that diadem, plus other stuff that they haven't announced yet. So... There you go. Probably about two, three to four hours of story, I want to say. Three to four hours of extra story. That's like a $60 game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say three to four hours because it depends on how you are. Because if you skip all the cutscenes, of course, it's not going to be three to four hours. But yeah. if you play it normally, it should be about that. Good so. stuff, man. Yeah. Fantasy fourteen. Definitely in my yep. decades of blah blahs game. As it should be. Alfonso? Like Ben, I'm also going to choose my game of the decade. And anybody knows me, they know that my favorite series... Hannah Montana. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite series on PlayStation is the Uncharted series and the God of War series. But it's not those two. My game of the decade is Horizon Zero Dawn. Aloy, to me, is the new female face for PlayStation. It was crowned. Laura had it for a very long time. But until Aloy came, she now holds the crown. One, and Gary knows as well, anytime a female has the main role, I will always support them, no matter how good or how bad their performance is, whether it is in movies, video games, TV show, et cetera, et cetera. I always support them because I feel females can do just an important role or a good enough job just as a male can. Gary knows this hands on down 100% of the way. At first, I was skeptical because this was Gorilla, and we all know Gorilla best for kill zone. And seeing the trailer... And the little snippets they have, I wasn't sold. But when they actually showed the demo at E3 of 2016, saying that it was coming out next year, I immediately was sold. I was getting the collector's edition and playing the game. I fell in love with the story. I love how open the world is. There's enough collectibles. There's enough side missions. The robotic dinosaurs were challenging. Some was hard as shit, and I, I hated some of them, but it was still rewarding fighting them. And then the way it ended, it just leaves, okay, there's a sequel coming, which I cannot wait. It's, like I said, my favorite, not only my favorite game of the decade, but my favorite female game over Laura, Bayonetta, and any other females game that we played over the years. So, yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn, my game, my game of the decade. 
Ben, you played Horizon. Anything you want to add? Uh, no, I I agree. It was, I don't like open world games, but at the same time, that was probably one of the best open world games. It was very well structured, so you didn't feel like you were getting lost at all. You knew where you were going no matter what, and there was no. I didn't feel like there was too many stupid side quests as well, and like a lot, you know, a lot of open world games now throw just a bajillion side quests at you at once, and it just it just gets confusing then. At least with this, it felt like there was like one or two, and then you're done. So yeah, I agree. Nice. Alrighty. Um, well, I am going to go with a small indie title, which everybody needs to play. Um, I'm going to go with Arise, A Simple Story. I recently reviewed this game. I gave it a 10 out of 10. And I was emotionally distraught playing this game. <laughs> um, sounds bad. Yes, I know. But this is, like its title says, it's a simple story of a man who passes away and he goes to purgatory. And in purgatory, he essentially relives his entire life through a third person's point of view, I guess. Um, And he goes through parts of his life from his childhood to when he first fell into love to pretty much the hardest moments of his life. And it, 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 it pretty much tells the story of, of life that people go through every day. Um, it's kind of like his life flashing before his eyes in a way. And what makes this game so incredible is there isn't a single spoken word in it. Um, the entire story is told through body language and through the camera work and the scenes that they set up, you know exactly what the message is that they're trying to portray to you. Um, and it's so incredibly well done. There's even collectibles you can find of paintings or pictures that, that he drew when he was a child, which you can see are more childlike. And as he grew older, how he documented his life, which adds a little more substance to the story. Um, and it's amazing. Uh, what I particularly love about this game also is the the time mechanic that you have. So each stage, you can control time. You can go forward in time or backwards in And depending on the stage, each stage does different things. So like one stage, you change the seasons from summer to winter. So in the summertime, um, the water levels are really high. You can jump on a boat or on a log or something like that to, to get across these these gaps and stuff. But when it's wintertime, the water level is down and there's a lot of snow packs and it, it really changes the environment a lot. And you got to figure out how to control time the best way you can in order to, to complete a certain puzzle or to find the gap that you need to go to. Um, that's just one example. Another one is really cool is... Um, you control fire and you see a fire burning through this giant forest and you control time by moving backwards in time. So you can see how lush the, the area is and you can get through it, but then you also have to go forward in time and burn the forest. So like the fallen trees from the burned forest create a path for you. Uh, 
there's a lot of really cool things that it does that way. You also get a grappling hook that you can use to reach places. Um, there's no real combat in the game either because the combat really is the environment and how you control time to, to get through that. But like I said, the, the big thing I took out of this game was just how sad it was. You see this character go from his happiest moments to his saddest moment. And it's something that essentially in life we all go through and you can't really escape it. It's, a, it's, it's simple and it's so effectively done. Um, I was blown away with it. And I, I hope the studio that made it, Piccolo Studios, that's what they're called, um, they deserve a lot of high praise for it. And to me, it's definitely the best indie game I think I've ever played. So, yeah, Arise is a simple story. I haven't played it, but I'm going to play it now. You should. And I really want to know how all you feel. I really do. And it's also an easy platinum, so there you go. How fun <laughs> uh, that's a win for me. <laughs> do you have the platinum? I did get the platinum for it. Nice. I, I wanted it. I wanted it that bad because that game emotionally messed me up. I actually was on the headset with Tim talking. Uh, we were just chatting when I was playing that game. And at one point, I actually broke down and I couldn't talk anymore. And he could, he could tell. Um, because it was really sad. Um, it really did things for me, and I think it'll do a lot for a lot of people. Ben, good. Yeah, your game. Uh, I feel like I feel like because I enjoyed it as well. I want to add on to what you're talking about by adding what remains of Edith Finch. Mm-hmm. I need to replay it again because it's been so long since I played it, but it was incredible when I first played it. Uh, we even had a podcast dedicated to the game. That's how much it affected us. Uh, it was just a really emotional game that was really good. It was slow. It was perfectly paced as well. I would recommend anyone to give it a go. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't watch that. It's been so long since I played it last. That <laughs> yeah, I I bought it. I haven't played it. I really want to. Obviously, you yeah. you guys talk about it all. Yeah, I just got to find the time for it. I heard it's really short. It's like two hours long. Yeah, it's very short, even less. But definitely want to play through it. I hear lots of good things. Even the developers commented on our podcast, so that's why I played oh, it. Nice. <laughs> I was like, I haven't played it yet. They're like, you should. I thought, okay. You should. Uh, I think have this you is played it, lot. Alfonso? I haven't, but I want to, because I remember Ben and, and uh, Neil talk about it constantly when Neil was still on the podcast. We miss you, Neil. And Mike. We and Tim. And, and Chris. Chris. <laughs> How about just everybody? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so, last game then? Yeah. Alrighty, Alfonso, better make it good. <laughs> oh, this is my choice, Gary. Okay. Oh, if okay. if you put Borderlands on this list, I'm gonna want. 
as much as I want a football lad, as much as I want a football lad, though, um, I am going to go with the Dark Knight in terms of Batman Arkham City. Um, yes. I'm not gonna go with. I'm not gonna go with Arkham Knight just because much much didn't really change. Even all he really got was the Batmobile. Even though I like that they did the story towards the Red Hood, that was a nice twist. But yeah, I'm gonna go with Arkham City just because Batman is the one that started it in terms of they nail it on how to do a superhero game right. And we learned that from Asylum, and they came back bigger with the bigger city, more as an open world. We got better gadgets. We see some new villains. We see Joker got sick from the serum, which that that was a that was a a hard a hard ending seeing him die. I, I cried seeing that, and I did not like that at all. But um, yeah, everybody cries when they see a sociopath die. Whoa, come on! <laughs> this, this, this is Joker we're talking about. This is Joker we're talking about. Um, to me, is the best out of the trilogy. And I own it. I own the remastered, the remastered version for PS4. So I played that one the most out of the other two. And who who never played this game, they they need to play this game because it's to me the best superhero game of this decade. So yeah. I think we lost Ben. And he came back. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, Arkham City, I will agree with you. Uh, Arkham City, in my opinion, is the best out of the three as well. Um, actually, four out of the four, if you count Arkham Origins. Yeah. Which I think people should. Um, yeah. No, Arkham City did a lot of things for me. <laughs> and for a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, it the, the, the franchise redefined a superhero game. Easily, like it's now become the blueprint of a superhero game, I believe, yep. and we see that with every superhero game, even the new Spider-Man. Uh, it essentially showed people, not not just showed people, they've essentially established the next stage or the next evolution in the melee combat and how to do it, and. Everybody's taking it. Everybody's doing it. The Captain America video game did it. If you ever played that, they yep. had the same combat yep. in that. Spider-Man pretty much has the same combat as the Arkham Asylum games or the Arkham Trilogy. Um, it did. It, it, it really established what not only a melee combat game should be like in this day and age, but obviously, like we just said, um, what a superhero game is. And yes, Batman of all the superheroes is probably the easiest one to do uh, for for this kind of game or the type of system that they wanted to use. But it, it's a blueprint now, and everybody who who looks at making a superhero game needs to look at that franchise and see what they did right. And I'm sorry to say they are going to copy it. <laughs> yeah, because there's really in my opinion, not much more you can do that 
Arkham didn't master already. Um, well, I feel like there's going to be some games that will... like. I feel like in the future they're going to start copying Spider-Man more. In some ways. Because I feel like they took the, the, the premise of Arkham and then made it better. So... Do you think so? Yeah, it feels like they will. Hmm. It won't be exactly the same, but I feel like if... yeah. Especially since it's a newer game, so it's easier point of reference than going back to... My problem with Spider-Man's combat came in the form of his acrobats, his acrobatic ability, where I felt like he wasn't acrobatic at all when it came to combat. Um, Unlike Batman, who flew around the environment punching dudes in the face when you built up his combo meter. In Spider-Man, he kind of didn't do that. I had to pull enemies towards me, or I had to fling myself toward them using specific ability. Maybe it's just me and how I played the game, um, but that's how I felt. Uh, then I also remember when I got glitched through a wall, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know the enemies with the shields that knock you back constantly yeah. in um, Spider-Man? Uh, I was mm-hmm. in a wall. I was yeah, near, the, near an elevator, and they knocked me back as I was jumping up with my web. And the game pushed me through the graphics, and I was stuck in an elevator. I, I had to reset the game. <laughs> when I played Spider-Man, I felt very handicapped as Spider-Man compared to the enemies I was fighting. Yeah. Um, like every time that I would learn to defeat a specific enemy, they'd introduce a new enemy, and what it would end up doing was, in my personal opinion it made Spider-Man kind of weak. Like, I, is that? it's hard for me to explain it. Like, I felt like the normal enemies evolved faster than I did in the game. No, I, I can agree with you with that. Yeah, I could agree with you with that because there was enemies... There, I understand exactly what you're saying because, like you said, there are certain... There are enemies with the shield, okay... All right, first you have the shield. Then you have to learn to take out the shield. But then when yeah. you go back to fight them, now the shield is electrified. And now you have to learn how to take down electrified <laughs> shield. I was like, what? Let's yeah, like, totally they were so well-equipped to take down Spider-Man that it's like, what's the point of me being Spider-Man when they're so well-equipped to take me down? You know? I don't know. That's just how I felt, personally. No, I, I totally agree. But yeah, no, yeah. Arkham City, I'm right there with you. Anything else you want to add to it, Ben? Uh, no, I loved Arkham City. It was probably my favorite of the Batman games that I played, because I played Asylum, City, and Night. So. Yeah, and another thing I loved with Arkham City, they had the balls to use Clayface. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has the balls to use Clayface. <laughs> they <Yeah>. did. <laughs> and they even had a yeah. secret that was so well hidden that it took until they showed where it was that people found it. Yeah. Supposedly yeah. there's still a secret at night I heard that no one's ever found. Well, probably hinting at what their game is going to be that we haven't seen for almost seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only uh, heard true legends and rumors. Yeah. It's become a myth at this point. 
Maybe the game. Maybe that is the game. <laughs> you know, how Batman's a myth and a, a legend to people. The game is just like. Yeah. Yeah. The game itself is Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's become so Batman that the game has become Batman. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, I guess my last game then. Um, I am going to go with Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. Ah, man. What to say? What an old franchise. The only franchise to ever best Final Fantasy in its native country. Um, Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior as it's known in Japan uh, is a very traditional JRPG. So much so that if you played Dragon Quest 1, you've probably played Dragon Quest 11. <laughs> yeah, that is how yeah. old school and traditional it is, and I'm very much okay with that. Because what Dragon Quest as a franchise does so well that so many other franchises have a hard time doing is building a cast of characters that you not only fall in love with, but each one of them matters to you. Even the worst character in your party, you will still want to use in your party, and you will care about that character. They've done it for years. Every Dragon Quest that they've made has been able to do this. Even the last two, uh, not Dragon Quest 11, but Dragon Quest 10 and Dragon Quest 9. Dragon Quest 9 was a multiplayer game on, I believe it was the 3DS. And I believe Dragon Quest 10 was an MMO on the Wii. <laughs> Um, but even then, you made a character, and obviously if you make your own character, you fall in love with your own character. So it kept the same premise there. Um, Dragon Quest, of course, uh, heavily influenced by Akira Toriyama's art. Uh, he did the art for the original few games. He did the art for this game. It's very distinctive. So when you look at it, you're like, oh, shit, it's like Dragon Ball. And it does. A lot of the characters look like Dragon Ball characters, Dragon Quest Eleven. The, the king in Dragon Quest XI looks like Dr. Jiro easily. He's got the same beard and mustache. It's amazing. Well, I love it so much. Yep. You got a character who has the exact same hair as Android 17. Um, you recognize it. You recognize his art style. It's perfect. Um, but Dragon Quest XI is a huge, not only improvement for the franchise, but also for the genre, I believe, because what Dragon Quest XI has done is it has proven that you can have a traditional old-school turn-based JRPG and make it work in the modern times. Um, and the way it's been able to do that is by allowing you to essentially set the combat system to auto mode where you don't have to constantly press the X button to attack your characters will automatically know what to do. You can set up commands for them. So when you get into combat, they'll do everything you want them to do, depending on the situation that they're in. Um, it helped a lot. Because, it's, it, like I said, it's old school. There's a lot of traditional battles that happen, and people might get bored by constantly pressing the same button over and over. This allows you to get away from that. They have... Um, if you play it on the the Switch version that came out, you can play it in 2D mode, where it looks like an old-school 
Super Nintendo RPG. Isn't that is based really on cool. the 3DS version? Yes, they did release the 3DS version of the game, but it only came out in Japan, so yeah. we didn't get to play it that way here. Um, but it's such a big, luscious, and beautiful world. With This one also brought in the first voiceovers uh, for the game as well. Which I don't uh, think Japan got. No, Japan did not get the voiceovers. They they got them in the Switch version, yeah. uh, the Japanese version. But even though Dragon Quest Eight had voice acting, um, it wasn't as, obviously as prominent as Eleven was. Uh, and again, Eight of course didn't have voiceovers in Japan either. But you had the combat, the animations, the skill system, crafting. Yeah, voice, everything. Voice acting is more of a Western thing than it is Japan. Yeah, yeah. Like everything it did, it did so well. The crafting is not only fun, but it's very helpful. It's like one of those games where, oh, I can craft something, but I can also buy the same thing and it's faster. That's not how Dragon Quest works. Yeah, you can buy stuff, but crafting it can give you so many bigger bonuses that it's it's worth it and it's fun to craft a game get to ride on horseback. They just improved so much for that franchise. You know, it was my first 10 out of 10 game, and I'm very proud of that because I believe that game deserved it. I recommend it to a lot of people. I know a lot of people still haven't played it, but they should because Square Enix have said, like, everything of the next Dragon Quest depends on how well this one sells. So I want them to release another Dragon Quest in America. Yes. So buy it. So buy it, yes. Buy it because it deserves it. It is a yes. good game. So yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven. Okay. Is there everything on Dragon Quest Eleven? No, okay. everything that Gary said, right on. Uh, like I said, I mostly like because. It just reminds me of the characters of Dragon Ball. And we all know how much we love Dragon Ball, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kakarot's going to be my game of the year. You want to know how crazy? <laughs> when Dragon Quest Nine was coming out on the 3DS, you can craft your own armor. Well, not craft, you can have a whole bunch of armor, and it appears in, on your character, the different armors. Um, what's insane? He, Akira Toriyama went in and crafted over 150 different pieces of article of clothing for each character in that game. <laughs> of up to 900 pieces of clothing. Like, he went in and he drew over 900 pieces of articles of clothing for that game. Oh, well. It's insane that they made him do that. He didn't do that after that. For obvious reasons. <laughs> um but yeah, no, they love him. They they ask him to do it. He loves doing Dragon Quest. I believe I saw an interview where he said if he was younger, he would have created, he would have worked with Square and done uh, Dragon Quest manga. Much Holy in the main, like he Like he did for Dragon Ball. Like that's how much he fell in love with it. But obviously Dragon Ball consumed him so much that... Yeah. He wasn't able to, but Even he if said he if, he, to... if he could go back and, and be younger, he would love to do a Dragon Quest main and work with Square Enix. But hey, we're getting an anime now, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Using his art style, so 
obviously he's not doing the art himself, but his art style is we've seen a lot of people mimic it as best they can. And for a lot of people, they, they get it done. Right. It's very simple. Like his art style is so simple, but it's so distinctive. It's amazing. Yeah. He has some of the coolest art style in my opinion. Mm. Uh. By the way, damn your dragon quest anime, because it means no dragon ball. Cause <laughs> the, sorry. The team that makes Super is the team that's working on Dragon Quest. Well, you know, they have plenty of other teams they can give it to. Just don't give it to the GT team. Well, they're making a new movie, so... <laughs> There's plans right. of a new Dragon Ball movie, so... Come on, Cooler or Bojack. <laughs> cool Jack. It's a fusion of two. <laughs> I think it'll be cooler. I think it'll be cooler. Oh, yeah, it's got to be cooler. Yeah. I feel it's like... Still out there... I feel destroying... like we're going to see Frieza versus Cooler is going to be one of the fights. I think they're just going to team up, dude. And no, I feel they're like... Gonna, they're going to need Brawley's help, man. Because you got to bring Brawley back somehow. No, I feel like with how Frieza is, I feel like because of him not wanting to go to Earth that much, because you know, he knows how powerful Goku and Vegeta are, he's going to push into Cooler's space, and then there's going to be a fight between Frieza and Cooler until they decide to work out, to work out and team out, and then go after Goku and Vegeta. Yeah. And then Freezer's like, hey, guess what? I remember watching these guys do this dance and they came back as one person. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, we got to see Freezer and Cooler. Well, Freezer didn't see the dance, did he? So. Well, he's going to know there is a dance. He's going to yeah. find out how they learned this dance. And he's going to do the dance with his bro. Wait, Freezer already <laughs> And Kuriza will be born. <laughs> no, wait there. No, they can't do the dance anyway. Because Cooler is always bigger than Freezer. So what? Piccolo was bigger than everybody else, and he yeah. he demonstrated the dance. I don't yeah, think but the they size did fuse. But the size doesn't matter. I thought they had to be the same power level and same height. Vegeta is like four feet tall compared to Goku's <laughs> six feet over there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Kuriza's coming, baby. I'm excited now. That's the name but of the Kuriza's the name of the know... But don't Freeze already know the dance since he mentioned it in his movie he doesn't he knows it exists but he doesn't know what it is he just knows that they fused yeah he's gonna go to Yarded and find out that's where he learned it right no no where did he learn the dance metamorians he said oh he'll find out Frieza finds out well Vegeta right now is training on Yardrat and he's broken as shit now I love it uh how he should be all the time yeah he is great he he <laughs> It was like some thugs have landed on the planet to try and attack, you know, tr because of, of the Moro storyline. And he, like, tries to fire a small key blast to scare them and just blows up the town by accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, just do a small boop, boop. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, and they told him that he's... They, the, the Yard Rats told him that he's better trained than Goku. So, I like that. Yeah, I'd like to give him Vegeta praise. Well, yeah, Vegeta's trained his entire life. Goku just learned shit by yeah. killing himself. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, uh, uh, Goku just stole abilities. He he only has one ability that he's never stolen, and that's the Super Dragon Fist. That's not that great of an ability, it's just a punch. <laughs> With a dragon. That, that's a... No, that's not even a canon move, man. That's no, that's a that's a movie move only. 
movie and that's GT. a movie and GT. That movie ain't canon, man. <laughs> no, I was, I was I just saw it on Watchbit. Um, Team Four Stars because they're doing their um, best techniques. What they feel like is the best techniques of Dragon Ball, and they rated that as one of their best. And they're like, oh, we don't know where it came from. I'm like, in my opinion, I always felt like the Dragon Fist was just an evolution of what he used against Piccolo. Yeah. I think when he first used it was when he defeated Harutagon. Yeah. But I always felt like it was the evolution of his... Yeah, what he used to kill King Piccolo. Oh, yeah, when he blasted himself off the ground. It was amazing. Yeah, and you saw the great ape behind him. Mm Mm-hmm. I always felt like the the dragon fist was just that, but with like, you know, he's got stronger now, so it's become a dragon. Well, that's just my theory. <laughs> dragon Ball theory. Please don't hey, sue us. <laughs> more stuff doesn't make sense in Dragon Ball than it makes sense. <laughs> uh, Anywho, what's your last game, Ben? I'm going to go with Flappy Butt Nat. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with a game that I played for most of my PS3 time and some of PS4 actually, especially at the launch of PS4. Uh, Warframe. <gasps> I felt like I feel still feel like that Warframe is one of the best free-to-play games that could be ever made, and it's a great example of a developer that listens to their fans, but not completely. The same, with, kind of like Fantasy XIV, but see with Warframe, there's a lot of fans that are both sides where they're like, oh. It, and I feel like they pick and choose the right sides to listen to. Because if you constantly listen to your fans, then your game's going to end up shit. Because, I hate to admit it, but fans like me don't know what they want, really. Because you just want something that will make you happy and won't make everyone else happy. Uh, and I feel like Warframe has, has kept that line for all the years pretty well. And they're adding space battles in the next update, which I think is live on PC in early next year for PS4. Where you got op- um, open space battles with your teammates. So yeah, I, I could definitely see myself going back to that. I would love cross-save, because that's one of the reasons why. Because I stopped playing on PS4, I'd like to play on PC. But uh, the fact that they keep the PC version updated faster than the PlayStation console version is why. Um, so yeah, considering the fact that they've got on all the platforms, PS4, Switch, Xbox, PC, and they still keep pumping out content like they do, it's, and it's still free to play, it's pretty good. So Warframe is probably one of my games of the decade. Nice. So Very yeah. Nice. Launched on the PS4 as a launch title. Ah, oh, I thought it was PS3. Yeah, it's just PS4. Yeah. God, that shows you how long the PS4's been out. <laughs> it's almost seven years now, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. Time flies away, and here I am. I was like, it's too soon for a new system. Like, it's been seven fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Warframe is good, man. I love playing Warframe. You're obviously way ahead of everybody else, but uh, it's still fun to play. Yeah. Alfonso, anything on Warframe? Just um, if I remember, it was the first, the first game I played when I got my PS4, and I played it quite 
I'm playing it enough until I start to get other games. But yeah, the constant updates and the improvements that they made. Yes. Yeah, and I love that it's free to play. So yeah, it's a game that I constantly go back to time to time. But I don't play it as much. I should. Because I, I look up what they add and they add a lot of stuff. But yeah, War, Warframe is good. Yeah. Did you stop playing it because it didn't have trophies? Oh my god. It does have trophies. Or <laughs> well, platinum trophy. No, Gary, that's not the reason. I think it is. No, it's not Tell the reason. Tell me the truth, man. Gary, yeah, you do you, you do know that I have played games that don't have platinum. <laughs> One day I'll bother getting the Fantasy fourteen platinum. <laughs> <laughs> All I need to do is do a thousand leave quests, which I'm on like 800 and something, and, a, and then craft a thousand items. Then I'm done. Do it. Go do it right now, man. You have until the end of tomorrow to get this trophy, man. Why tomorrow? Oh, you can get it done tonight. Go ahead, man. Because <laughs> I want to give you a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> uh. If you get, if we at least give a deadline of end of the year, because remember, by no. the time we're this is the twenty second right now, so that, that's too much leeway for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and no, I, I couldn't do anyway. Do so you only get I a specific amount of leave that. quests per week, so I wouldn't be able to do it uh, anyway. But you can craft. Yeah, you craft the simplest yeah. item in the entire game until you get the trophy. Well, yeah, I could just put the laptop on, put auto synth on, and let it do itself overnight. But still, there you go. Before we wrap up, is there any games y'all regret not playing from this decade? I don't think so, actually. <laughs> 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 Um, I don't know, to be honest with you, because if I didn't play it, I probably don't regret not playing it. Um, I guess Horizon for me. I started it, I got bored of it, and I stopped. I wish that I could continue. I think the reason I got bored of it was because I was in open world fatigue at the time. I just didn't want to do it, so... Yeah, outside of that, I don't really feel like I regret not playing anything. For me, mine is near. It's funny how you chose Horizon, and it means because of pettiness out of you with the whole game a year thing. So yeah, <laughs> I see. I see myself playing there, but not right now. Like I could play because I, I I purchased it. Well, my brother purchased it, and he's decided he's not going to play, so I could play it now, but... Hey, if yeah. you buy the the Game of the Yorha edition, our quote is on the back of the box. Yay! Yeah, some PSU history there. Ooh, more PSU <laughs> history I need. In yeah, physical yeah. form, baby. <laughs> That's cool, though. So, Alfonso, have you got any shout-outs or... Shout-outs. Special shout-out. Special shout-out. I want to shout-out to you guys. 
PSU team, past, present, and future, ex-members, current members now, it's because of you guys that I'm on this podcast. And I remember back in 2012, it used to start it off with emails. Yeah, I used to read my yeah, I used to read my emails. In fact, I was the only person to send in emails. It used to be seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven emails per episode. Y'all would read all of them. <laughs> Until eventually I decided, let's just have him on the podcast. Which is rare and for me to hear because usually when you have guests, it's people who are in the gaming industry, whether it be developers, um, publishers, other people who does anything with gaming. But you chose a non-person that has nothing to do with gaming to be put on a podcast. And because of that, I get to learn more about you. I got to learn more about the gaming history. I get to do these special um, podcasts with you, whether it's a special game recommendation or the anime podcast. I got to grow with you guys over these last few years. And even though it wasn't a full decade, I'm still happy and proud to be part of it. And I'm looking forward to the next decade with you so i thank you ben i thank you gary i thank you to all the other psu members who are listening back from Darrell up to announcing and chain for all that you have done for the playstation community for the listeners for the followers for everybody so i thank you um just continue to follow them they're amazing and you can follow me at ali shen seven on twitter That was lovely. Thank you, Alfonso. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That was beautiful. I really appreciate it. Gary? Uh, yeah, shout out to you guys. Shout out to Tim and Chris and everybody else who's been on the podcast. Shout out to this year. It wasn't always the best. It wasn't always the worst. Hope next year will be better. Um. Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, you'll probably hear this at Christmas or maybe before or after. I don't know. Whenever Ben decides to put it up. I'll so... try and put up Christmas, but I'm going, to my fa- I'm going to see family on Christmas Day. So I will see no. if I can get up Wednesday. Hopefully I can. Okay. No, that's fine. So, yeah, so hope you guys get all the deliciously awesome gifts that you want. Um, spend time with your family because... You never know how long you have, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah, put all your differences aside, man. At least for one day of the fucking year. Be happy with each other. So, yeah. Now, you can reach me at Gagolish. That's G A G L on Twitter. I want to shout out to both Alfonso and Gary for joining me for another year. It's been great. It's lovely having you both as a co host. Um, yeah. I wish everyone a massive happy Christmas or a happy holidays, no matter what they celebrate. I hope they have a wonderful day. Um, man, and I also want to wish. I looked online at our um, our stats, and I want to wish everyone thank you for downloading for viewing the web podcast at least four hundred ten thousand times this year. Woo! So. It's incredible. Thank you all. So, that'll be it for me. Um, you can contact me at mgr underscore chili. And of course, next time will be our New Year episode. 
And, of course, we'll be ready next year. So until next year, that's goodbye from all of us. Happy holidays. Bye. 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 Bye.